Welcome to Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Now, Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number two. I'm your host, Jason Pisecki. Want to begin again by going over what the Inside Muskegon podcast is. It's a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders, business owners, organizations, politicians, and everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The show goes directly to the source for answers to the questions people have about Muskegon. The goal of this podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the local, economic, social, and political issues that affect our everyday lives. One of the big questions I've gotten from a lot of people or big comments is, why do a podcast about Muskegon? The reason for doing that is twofold. First, I feel like we all have a vested interest in the success of Muskegon. Um, How this community does economically, socially, environmentally is vital to all of our personal success. If you have a business in Muskegon, obviously the economy is tied in very closely to all your personal success. If you're raising a family, uh, you want to make sure that there's good schools, good quality of life, which is one of Muskegon's real strengths right now. And if you're retiring in the Muskegon area, it is vital to be concerned about what's going on with all these things economically and politically and the things that are going to affect your retirement. So the way I look at it, it's all of our responsibility to care about what's happening around here. Everyone has the ability to contribute to this community, whether you're volunteering your time, donating money, or just asking questions. We all need to do our part. And honestly, how can you not care and not get involved? Now, Secondly, I wanted to find out how the technology of doing a podcast worked. There's a relatively low cost of entry into this uh, into this medium. Microphones and editing software aren't terribly expensive. Then I had to figure out how to create the RSS feeds, and that's probably the most fascinating part of all of this for me is once you create this podcast, how do you get it out there for people to hear and make sure people can actually find it? And the syndication network that's developing for podcasts is really uh, quite amazing. And the Inside Muskegon podcast is now available in iTunes, which is probably the biggest distribution network for for podcasts. So if you go into iTunes and you do a search for Muskegon or really any other pod catching software like Odeo or Podnova or you know podcatching website, you're going to find this podcast. Now, if you have questions about how to subscribe, maybe you've heard heard the podcast or received a link from somebody visited our website, please email me at jason at insidemuskegon.com and I'll help you out and walk you through how to do that. So each time we come out with a new show, you receive either an email telling you to update the podcast or it's just automatically updated in your RSS reader. So some of these names I'm mentioning, like the iTunes or Odeo or Yahoo has a podcast uh, service. You know, these are like the NBC, ABC, and CBS of podcasting. Um, Right now, there are about 5 million listeners to podcasts, so you're really in the early adopters there just by listening to the podcast. And within a year, that number is going to double, and it's just going to continue to grow, and it's going to be interesting to see how people grab on and try to, you know, really do something with these podcasts. 
Now we're going to move on to our interview. This week's interview is with Jim Edmondson, the president and CEO of Muskegon Area First. Muskegon Area First is a countywide economic development corporation focused on leveraging public and private investment to accelerate business growth and the creation of high-quality employment opportunities in Muskegon County. I'm here with Jim Edmondson, president and CEO of Muskegon Area First. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to talk with Inside Muskegon. My pleasure. Why don't we start out by uh, having you tell us a little bit about what Muskegon Area First is. Uh, It's a regional, countywide economic development organization. It's a private nonprofit, and we do basically five things. That includes business retention and expansion, attraction of new business, and communications, marketing, special projects, things along those lines. We deal primarily with manufacturers and large employers, and then we're housed in the chamber, separate from them, and we let the chamber do more small business activities. Great. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to Muskegon Area first. Um, I have about 30 years of experience in economic development and community planning. Uh, a native of Michigan, and but uh, have worked in eight different states. Actually, it's the second time I've worked in Muskegon. I worked for the city of Muskegon as their director of community and economic development from 93 to 97. Left the area and came back in 2002, I believe it was. <laughs> I, I, I followed a very similar path on a little tighter timeline, but I'm happy to be back here in Muskegon. Why don't you discuss with us some of Muskegon Area First current projects and programs? Well, we have another um, number of them. In uh, business retention and expansion, we do several things there. One of them is that we make about 150 industry visits a year. And in doing that, we're working with industry to find out what it takes for them to do a better job at what's, what they do make expansions, uh, create job opportunities, and also create profit for them. Profit means uh, more wealth for the community. Um, And there's a number of tools that we use from local and state economic incentives. We have a manufacturer's council, and they meet on a regular basis. And we, through those site visits, through the manufacturer's council, we then implement programs that our own local industries create themselves that they feel will be better for them and and make them more successful. Um, Within that, we do real estate development for most of the communities. We represent the county, all seven cities, five of the townships. Obviously, all of them have industrial parks, so we uh, help uh, service those industrial parks and help our local companies when they're looking for buildings or land expand into those. So we do a lot of expansion, real estate development, what have you. Then there's attraction. tell you the truth most jobs are created in a community uh from who you already have so so our number one uh job is is to is protect those jobs but we can't go without looking for new ones because companies come and go they're never forever nothing's forever except death and taxes i guess so <laughs> uh so we do uh, a small part of our time doing attraction and we have a, a target industry study we use uh with site selectors and consultants that work on a worldwide basis they help us target who the best industries are for us in terms of location labor force costs location of customers, things like that. So we actually have a uh, six targeted industry clusters that we uh, go after with very targeted emails and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Maybe you could share with us what some of those industries are. kind of jumps ahead a little bit in 
you know, what I wanted to discuss, but I think it's important for people to know the difference between, um, you know, maybe what the old economy was and where the new economy is going. Okay, absolutely. Well, uh, most uh, people are aware because they hear they hear the most about a Brunswick or a Sappy or a Dana downsizing or closing, and that's really representative of the old commodity-based economy. And certainly um, we will have manufacturers that survive in that area, but likely if you're, you know, relying on a job that has no skill or education requirements or very little and very high pay, those are gone. Um, But it doesn't mean that you can't make a lot of money in manufacturing. You're just going to make it differently. Um, It takes a lot more education, a lot more skill, problem solving right on the spot, uh, and, and doing innovation right on the spot is what they're looking for. Uh, so when you, when when a SAPI uh, cuts back its workforce and they are trying to in, do innovative project products too, and so they still may keep machine number five running, and we hope that they do, and we help them. In fact, we're looking at uh, other kinds of uh, resources that they can use at that plant. Brunswick, the production of bowling balls, obviously is a very commodity item, and there's cheaper ways of making them than, than uh, here. But the good news there is there research and development and their engineering department stays here and it's actually expanding and they have roughly 250 employees there and and invested a lot of money in their in their department there and and they'll probably stay um Dana, another commodity, uh, but just because their product doesn't survive doesn't mean that primary metals, which the category they fin, is doing poorly. Actually, the primary metal industries of Muskegon County are outpacing and outgrowing the rest of the state, and that's because they're innovation centers and what have you, and I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, some of the target industries that we're going after is, is the manufacture of robotics and automation equipment. Because we uh, we always have been a very strong machine manufacturing area, and that's just the next level of innovation now is making those uh, kind of things or parts that support that. Uh, medical equipment is another one. Um, Again, because we're very good at tool and die, we're very good at making component parts that go into uh, larger devices. And we have some companies that are already leading the way locally in that, where they've made the conversion, where they were doing all automotive or all military, and now, you know, as much as half their business is in medical device manufacturing. Motion Dynamics is one where they now make springs uh, that go into medical devices where they used to just make springs for cars. Make the smallest springs in the world. Yep. Kadon is another one. Uh, We always associated them with bearings for helicopters and tank turrets and things like that. And now they make bearings for MRI machines. And so um, and there's a growing number of examples of those. So not only do we help our com- local companies make that transition. We're going to be trying to attract others. Food processing, obviously, is huge. We're in a fruit area uh, just to the north of us. Blueberries here. Uh, the wastewater treatment site that the county operates is one of the best uh, water uh, treatment uh, systems in the uh, world. And uh, they pretty much can take uh, an unlimited uh, amount of waste that we could provide. And they have the acreage, uh, you know, to support that in terms of building out the land. So we'll be continuing to uh, work on that. That's also then related to biomass and alternative fuels and methane gas and all of that. So that's just an exciting uh, opportunity, which is then another one of our target industries is sort of a sustainable development industries or renewable resource industries. So anyone that 
that produces products that uh, are more energy efficient or rely on a renewable resource to industries then that help clean up the environment, things like that, uh, from uh, envir- pollution control devices, things along those lines. Another one is uh, transportation-related uh, industries. We have a very strong one with Holland. You know, of course, Holland USA is our, uh, their headquarters is here. Fleet Engineers is another industry. We have another, uh, a bunch of other little support industries. That's a growing industry. Is, uh, is truck, trucking of goods is, is uh, despite the price of diesel is, is going to be here for a long time. Um, we have a creative cluster target, uh, and that's to match up with our scientific centers, Grand Valley, but the two of those, uh, we do about $100 million a year in R&D throughout private industry here and NOAA and Grand Valley and what have you, so we want to add to that with software companies and other innovative centers or clusters of innovation, and that's mostly because of the quality of life that we can offer um, and and as you've noted out in some of your notes, uh, we're going to have incredible uh, high-speed uh, internet connectivity. Uh, and yeah, that's going to be that's going to be huge for here. Mm-hmm. So those are those are our those are our targets, and they're they're um, very good ones. Uh, they, we we identify those through a very sophisticated uh, analysis of of watching industry growths and then matching them with what our strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities are here. So it's probably then pretty accurate to say that even though we are losing some high-paying jobs at some of the major employers, it, it, it does get a lot of press, and that, that mm-hmm. negative press does stick um, with people, but those jobs are being replaced mm-hmm. with other high-paying jobs. Yep, we're actually uh, replacing more jobs than we're losing. Uh, the difficulty of the, of the Danis, Brunswick, and Sappy is they're part of our our um, life. We grew up with them. Um, it's it's very sentimental. It's 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 hard to take, and we're not, you know, different than many other communities. Um, if you haven't grown up in Muskegon, and just think back of the community you grew up in, I'm sure there was some sentimental company that closed at one point uh, over your lifetime that uh, really struck hard. In terms of the numbers, though, they've actually been pretty minor. Uh, just, I mean, almost Howmet itself has probably added more production jobs than all three of those companies lost, and and they just do that through time, and, and it, it's not through major announcements necessarily. So, well, that's refreshing to hear, definitely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I need to emphasize, though, you cannot – education is the key now. I mean, if the, the, the more education or the more skill sets that you have doesn't have to – you don't have to have a four-year degree, but you're going to have to have very good technical skills, the more money you're going to make. You can no longer be a fourth-generation uh, – I'm going to work at the plant because my grandfather and father did, and I can step in and push buttons and make $60,000 a year. Those, those don't exist anymore and won't. Because the world is flat and you're competing for those jobs with somebody in India or China or Mexico. Well, you touched on uh, something right there with uh, Thomas Friedman's book, uh, The World is Flat, as you mentioned Mm -hmm. right there. And, you know, even though manufacturing is uh, on the the decline in Muskegon and not just Muskegon, throughout all of Michigan and the Mm -hmm. United States... And actually, the world, China has lost 20 million manufacturing jobs to productivity. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. We get better at making things. And, yep. uh, and that, we want it that way as consumers. We want yep. the best product at the cheapest price. So we're, so we're part of the problem as yeah, consumers. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We just want more and more and better and better and, and less cheaper. expensive yep. mm-hmm. and quicker. Um, 
talk about uh, how Muskegon will compete in this new global economy. I think you touched on it a lot mm-hmm. with the innovation, um, but maybe you could kind of expand on this uh, global economy in China and India and our place in that. Well, I think we've done so well because of who we have as, as local industries we and, and the type of industries that we do have. Um, they are really good centers of innovation, and they are, um, in a sense, giving up the commodity products, letting them go to competitors or just not making them anymore or, or actually moving that production offshore. But what we have here uh, in Muskegon is they're constantly developing new products or the same product better, uh, lots of patents issued, uh, and those are always going to be proprietary kind of uh, items that they're manufacturing, and they're up usually high value added, um, and and that can support that production here in Muskegon. And so we have a we have an array of companies, as I mentioned, the amount of research and development that we do here that are constantly innovators of their products, and they're looking for new markets. As I pointed out, uh, some of the companies that are doing what they did, but just doing it with a little different twist and looking at a different market and staying ahead of the pack, so to speak. And in any business, small or large, industry or retail, the ones that survive are the ones that are a step ahead of their competitors. And we have a, a good family of manufacturers here that seem to stay ahead of their competitors all the time. Yeah, that's a great point to make. And along the lines of education being the key and the cornerstone of that, we have two world-class research facilities right here in downtown Muskegon from Grand Valley State University. Maybe we could kind of lump you know, a question together along with the mm-hmm. Grand Valley development and research and what's going on there in alternative energy and uh, water research with um, some of the development and possibilities at Edison Landing in the Smart Zone. Um, yep. With it, uh, not only do we have just the uh, the Merrick itself that mm-hmm. that looks and investigates alternative energy, uh, it's a business incubator also, and so it does have several businesses in there already. One of the more promising ones being Jet Scrub. It uh, is a uh, mechanical device and also uses chemistry to take the hazarded hazardous nature of making silicon chips uh, out of the process. Uh, when you see a silicon chip manufacturing plant, it, they're in white rooms, they're in white suits, they're reaching in with gloved hands to do this stuff because the fluid that's used to wash it is very hazardous. This new device, very promising, hasn't uh, been commercialized yet, but eliminates that hazardous process and you know could be huge. And, and, and the next step is to get it commercialized and we'll manufacture that product here in Muskegon. So the center not only explores alternative energy, but then supports new business and new entrepreneurs that are trying to commercialize products that way. And then we also have uh, little companies, uh, Spectrum Illumination, a brand-new company up in Montague, uh, has a low-wattage, high-output LED lighting system that they've patented. Uh, We're linking them up with the uh, Energy Center, uh, and they can't get enough of their R&D research done. And so the Energy Center will help them, and they'll be producing their parts up in in Montague. So what the Smart Zone does is help attract that uh, the entrepreneur – the uh, innovator, and with time, we'll um, begin to build that out. It's 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 a slow process because we're not the Silicon Valley, we're not MIT, and so we're not known yet, except for in Detroit area for innovative automotive research. We're not known yet for for uh, worldwide. We're getting there, and so it'll help us attract uh, more 
companies that we can birth right here and produce new products that you and I don't even know what that product is yet. Yeah, and I think that's it, that's it hasn't an ex- been invented yet. So. Exciting possibility and yeah. what can happen down at Edison Landing. And if mm-hmm. you haven't had the opportunity to be down there, uh, check it out. Merrick, the Merrick Building is an exceptional building, and also uh, there are commercial developments going in down there. Parmanero Tools building their office. So if you want a great office with many incentives, uh, both uh, tax-wise, brownfield, all of that stuff, on right on the water that you can drive your mm-hmm. you know boat it's up to. Location. Each day. Yep. It's it's a fantastic place. But what has to happen now is the type of inquiries we're getting. So when we're in our uh, business attraction mode, the type of, and quality of 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 interest in Muskegon is is growing exponentially. So now, because of the Annis Water Research Center and the Merrick and NOAA and General Dynamics uh, Center on Seminole, and L three Communications now, which is a huge innovator in uh, in the world in terms of defense, we are now getting world class companies that do innovation research asking about Muskegon. So it's, you know, one attracts the other, and, and that'll, that'll start to build. Well, that's that's great to hear. Since we're kind of uh, running out of time here, I want to make this on the form okay. of more of a statement right. and pick, then go pick, to... Pick some uh, you pick want, I got. Okay. I have one statement and one question. Okay. Uh, I think something that's really exciting, being in a uh, marketing and technology field myself where the Internet is so vital to my business is by the end of 2007, Muskegon will be the first county in the nation to have border-to-border high-speed wireless Internet service. And I think that is just a, a fascinating development and is going to change the way we we live and work in the Muskegon area. So look for that to come. Um, they're going to lay the foundation by the fall of 2006 and start rolling that out around here. And it, that has huge possibilities both for uh, living in the area and working in the area. Uh, it's it's big for everyone. It, it goes to the education that I mm-hmm. talked about and the fact that it's going to help our local population be educated because of the, the better access they'll have to uh, information. And it builds on that innovation and creative uh, uh, industries that we're trying to attract. Yep, definitely. Okay, to wrap up here. Okay. You have one minute alone with a CEO of a major employer considering moving their business to Muskegon. Make your pitch to get that business to Muskegon. Well, it depends on who it is, obviously, because we we customize our pitches to what their needs are, and their needs vary drastically. But let's let's say it's a, a manufacturer uh, that is not producing a commodity, but is has a has a good uh, market niche, uh, but you know, obviously, has to control their cost and. Um, and there's many of those. So in that case, we have uh, a, an array of incentives that we can help them. We have real estate to place them, almost of any size, from a Toyota assembly plant that uh, that we've been talking to for a number of years, and they would go out to the wastewater treatment site, to um, smaller companies. So we, so we have all the industrial properties you need uh, with uh, great access to interstate highways, to um, rail if required, uh, even a port. We have an active port if you need to have shipping 
uh, and we can pretty much uh, provide you incentives from several hundred thousand to several hundred million, uh, depending on the size of your needs. We have the lowest health care cost in the state of Michigan and the, in the Midwest. Uh, typical surgeries are, can be as much as half at one of our medical facilities, as you may find in other urban areas. We have a very um, good work ethic, a labor force that enjoys working, has a long history of uh, production work, and is willing to be retrained. And we do have the, um, the um, training funds to back that up to help you in, in training your workforce. Quality of life is, uh, um, you know, tops and beats anyone. Um, have cultural uh, things that will help you and will provide you in your first year and your employees access to those cultural and sporting activities. Uh, so from symphony to hockey and professional basketball, uh, we'll provide you gas discount cards. We'll get you uh, memberships and organizations that we think will be beneficial. And obviously, we'll have you participate in our Manufacturers Council where you can have firsthand input into how you're going to grow your company and who your peers are going to be and, and who you can uh, uh, blend into the community with. We'll make This will make this your home and your employees' home, and, and you'll uh, have great opportunities for a profitable future. Thank you very much, Jim. For more information on Muskegon Area First, visit their website at muskegonareafirst.org. Thank you very much. So despite what you may hear in the mainstream media, even though Muskegon is losing many high-profile jobs with companies that have been around here for over 100 years in some cases, we're actually adding jobs overall in the economy. But what's really good for me to know is there are organizations out there like Muskegon Area First that are fighting to bring new high-paying jobs into Muskegon. I want to move on to some listener feedback. I've gotten a very positive response to the first podcast. I've really been overwhelmed by you know, the amount of traffic that the podcast has been receiving and downloads and listens. And I want to give a special thanks to Cindy Larson, the Muskegon Area Chamber of Commerce, for promoting the podcast via their email newsletter to members. That definitely did a lot to get a lot of people listening to the first episode. And I appreciate their support and the support that I've received from a lot of other people for podcasting in the area. So, you know, keep tuning in and keep the suggestions coming. And what I'd really like to get more of is ideas for interviews. You know, let me know who you'd like to talk to and I'll see what I can do to kind of make that happen and get some of your questions answered. Now I'm going to move on to the uh, actual listener feedback. Uh, first comment is from Dennis in Muskegon and he says, excellent job on the podcast. This looks like a wonderful format to inform others on what's happening in Muskegon and fits nicely with a high tech image and jobs that the community wants to attract and grow. Kudos and keep up the good work. Well, thanks, Dennis. I appreciate that. And next comment was from Donna in Muskegon. I love the one-minute pitch. Muskegon is a great place to do business in for all the reasons that Cindy mentions. And then the last listener feedback that I want to go over, this one is a little bit longer, but I think it kind of uh, sums up you know, pretty well what you know, some of my feelings are on Muskegon, and it actually comes from someone who doesn't even live in Muskegon. It's from Tony in Spring Lake, and he says, nice job on the podcast. It was great to hear two thought leaders discuss the many benefits of living and working in West Michigan, and in particular, Muskegon. The region and the world are quickly waking up to why Muskegon is such a treasure. 
As I travel the world more and more, I'm glad to call the region my home. Buckle in. The word's getting out on Muskegon. Thanks for spreading the word. I think that kind of says it all, and that's really what we're trying to accomplish here. So thanks a lot, Tony. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number two of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been Inside Muskegon, the podcast featuring Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at InsideMuskegon.com.